What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Sherman Obed back here once again with another fantastic episode here on What's the Word Entertainment. We are getting in gear, getting ready for this Thanksgiving holiday coming up, which is about to be upon us. What's going on, Obed? Are you are you ready for this uh, feast? <laughs> I've been in Salas for the last two days, boy. Getting ready. <laughs> you, you, are you just prepping your stomach for all that is before you on this Thanksgiving holiday? I, sir, I'm ready for all the tryptophan that life is going to give me. <laughs> I, plan, I plan to be passed out watching football in, in T minus 12 hours. <laughs> Yo, I, I feel you, man. I 100% feel you, dude. I mean, dude, Thanksgiving is obviously one of the, you know one of the biggest holidays of the year. I guess what's your favorite thing about this this holiday? Uh, I gotta say, seeing family hanging out at home, you know, something that I haven't done in a long time. Uh, it's always good to get a perspective of like, man, you know, this was this was the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where everything <laughs> went down. Uh, if you you go so far, it's it's nice to get a chance to get that refresher, be back home. Yeah, you know, you get to see some family that you haven't seen in a long time. You know, cousins that live though six hours away, you don't really see all often. Sometimes, you know, back in like you know back in the day, where everyone was to sleep over afterwards and stay up right. all night and stuff like that. Like, dude, no, nah, people got work the next day. Yo. I, ain't, I ain't built for that no more. <laughs> it's not a two. It's not a two day weekend. All right, like no, gotta, excuse me, four day weekend. I should say, like people got to be back on Black Friday. Right, right. Um, well, what's your favorite? I guess let me ask. What's your favorite meal? Your favorite dish? where you look forward to every Thanksgiving? Something like you gotta have. Uh, so my aunt used to make aunt aunt, and it depends on how you, how you say it. Uh, mercy, <laughs> she would make this like homemade ginger beer. And I mean, if you had, uh, uh, like a little something in your throat, like, a, you know, or you had yeah. some, some clogged sinuses, you would be right to go. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, uh, and then fried plantains, like, uh, you know, young Gunny and man growing up, uh, in the, in the mean streets of Woodbridge, Virginia, uh, <laughs> Woodbridge. <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood Bridge, where we made it. Um, uh, I did it. I did enjoy my fair share of plantains. I will take it to any person from a Caribbean country, any person from an African country, and European countries that might eat them too. You will not out eat me in fried plantains. Uh, when I, the lady at at Whole Foods knows me when she sees me, they better be fresh. <laughs> Dude, we better have it on deck. <laughs> That's what's up. Dude, for me. What about you? What about uh, you? You know, for me, it's always, you know, it's always a toss up. I mean, it always can always go, can never go wrong with the uh, famous uh, Mama Sherm's lasagna, which, which, okay. which most, okay. most, most folks know it is. Will's worldwide famous. Um, there you go. <laughs> 305 MIA. <M-I-A-O. laughs> All day, every day. Um, and then maybe some baked ham, dude. Ham, dude, when you yeah. come to that, that big, fresh ham out the oven, man, dude, oh, yeah, yeah. I got it. Especially the next morning, too. You can make ham and eggs with that, John. See, all that's the that's the key. Day. It's all about what's the what's the secondary tertiary uh, meals coming up out of this, right? Like the turkey soups, the uh, the turkey sandwich, the ham sandwich, right? Ham and eggs, you know. Next day, yo, dude, I'll be having we be having so much food that leftovers for like four days afterwards, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so it's no wonder why you're ready to leave, go try something fresh as soon as you get out of, out of being out of town. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, definitely looking forward to the holiday. Let's get right into it, uh, folks. We're going to start off with some basketball news. I don't, I don't know if you saw this, that the, the NBA, they're looking to possibly doing some reseeding in the playoffs, maybe even in a little bit of an in-season tournament. Uh, that you know, is a possibility. Well, you do. They're thinking about shortening the games from 82 to maybe at least 78 games and kind of reseeding the, the playoff spots despite – 
a conference. So there's no just Eastern Conference versus West West Western Conference, you know, which kind of which has been kind of I think going back and forth for quite some time now. As a matter of fact, I think even the women's uh, league does it despite a conference, you know, kind of just gets some difference because I think we've I think you and I have both said it, and you know uh, some other folks that have been on our show with is that the Western Conference has just been holding it down for the best with the best records for quite some time now. Yep. You know, um, so I think they just want more. They really want to get the two best teams playing in the finals, not just in the Western Conference finals. That's the kind of the, I think the big idea. What are you? What are your thoughts on the initial, your initial reaction on this, the story that broke out of this? And you know, do you think it's a good idea or you know, how they should just recede? What are you, What are your thoughts? I mean, it it you know kind of alleviates a lot of the problems that the NBA has been looking at over the last few years. You're not going to have people doing uh, unnecessary load management, uh, especially when right after a regular season game, you're going into a, a postseason tournament uh, that has implications all the way up. Right. You have to play to get a higher seating and then you have to play to stay alive. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think it's I think it's inventive. I think it's very creative. I think it, it uh, lends elements from international rules football, the original football, for those of you keeping keeping track. Uh, they that, you know, the you're not only playing uh, to prove that you're the best where you live as far as your division or your league is concerned, but you're also the best amongst the entire field of individuals, participants playing much what they want to do with this in season 30 participant tourney. Um I, I can't say whether people are going to like it or take to it, but, you know, they, they're saying there's not a lot of pushback. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, that was kind of my issue. I'm not sure how, you know, people tend to not not like change, but I think it could be good. Um, just reading over the article once again here, you know, they're looking to do like a playing proposal with two four-team tournaments featuring the 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th seeds in each conference, where the 7 would play the 8th. Uh, and then nine would play the ten, and then and they go from there. Um, you know, it's 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 a little unique. It's a little bit different. Like you said, you know, it's the original kind of football. What they they kind of do in in season yeah. tournaments. So it's not something that you know American sports are used to. Most American sports, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, hockey. You know, we have regular season. You go to the playoffs. Boom, that's it. So it's a little bit different. Um, I'm kind of you know, of course they have the the uh, players association has to agree upon it. Um, you know, yeah. I'm not sure how well it's going to go over. I think it's not going to go. It's not going to go through it at least for at least a couple of years. I think for the 2021-2022 season, which will be the league's 75th uh, year anniversary. Um, so I'm kind of I'm interested in it. I will say that, um, you know, and and you know, well, I'm I'm, I'm thinking, you know, whether or not other leagues, other sports would actually dive into this. I, I, I kind of see it difficult for football to do that because, you know, they, I mean, they were already talking a few weeks ago about extend, expanding, uh, excuse me, expanding the regular season. I don't know how you can, you know, really get a playoff situation in that matter. Maybe perhaps in baseball, uh, it, yeah. could, it, it could be possible, but I'm not yeah. sure what others. I don't know if you think it's a possibility for any other sports kind of doing the similar things. Uh, I think baseball would be a prime candidate. I mean, just any of these leagues that have a whole bunch of games through a long stretch of the season. You remember NFL is only 16 games, right? So right. any, any of these leagues that are doing 82 games, they're doing 110 games, you know, there's, there's, especially for baseball, if you're having trouble making money, you know, I can't imagine that a Tuesday afternoon game pulls as much of a draw unless it was like a, you know, some kind of postseason impacted tournament that they had to play through in the middle of the season, right? Like that Tuesday afternoon game might be one of the biggest games of the year on a completely off week that is now 
organically created by the uh, MLB Association. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy the fact that they play each team plays 162 games. Why 162? I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's some meaning behind that. But yeah, there's definitely a reason where they can shorten that down. Heck, it could be 152. At least 10 games give them some of a break, and maybe they have you know some sort of other seeding or some sort of tournament. But yeah. sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, 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 you're good. You're good. I, I did. I think I said like 110 games there. So good. Thanks for correcting that. Yeah. Um, no, I. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's tough because. You know, there are some of these players, especially for football, uh, international football, NFL, uh, international <laughs> rules football and uh, uh, basketball. Young players are used to this, right? Playing for their regular season team at high school level and then going and playing with the travel team or being a travel basketball team that a lot of these guys play in the regular season. But they also know them from local teams that play in tournaments and they see these guys all the time. Right. People talk Good about point. team takeover, AAU teams that individuals played on. They're playing on those teams the same time they were playing on their high school teams, you know. So really, it's it's trying to uh, mitigate the issue of the maybe the owners and the league feels like the NBA's gotten a little stale because these guys know the when you get to be really, really good, you know, the system and the, the progression it takes for you to be something at the end of the season. Right. Manage the games, make a little noise in the beginning so that you can get off to a good start. Keep that uh, afloat with your backup sub players. And then at the end of the year, you make that push and you push your way through. Right now, it's like, OK, well, we can't have you taking these lulls. That's right. They re, they uh, institute a lot of the rules as far as you can't take X number of days off in a row because mm -hmm. that's what was happening. Right. You would see yeah. uh, the starting three or starting four of the um, the Warriors just kind of chilling out uh, on the bench while the game's going on, knowing that like their time to shine is at the end of the season. No, yeah, I, I'll agree that you know load management has been kind of a hot topic the past couple of years in the in the league. Um, you know, there's no reason for the guys, you know, to sit out, you know, five six games into the season when it starts, especially that like, dude, come on, you're five games in, there's no reason to sit later in the right. year. I kind of get it, but you know, just just don't dull down the minutes. But like, I I agree, I actually like you know. Instead of playing eighty an eighty-two game season, start off just start, let's go to eighty games. So take out two games, then maybe bring it down to seventy-eight games, something like that. You know, yeah. um, you know, and and if and furthermore, just to kind of end it here on basketball, the first round of the playoffs used to be a five-game series, and they then they expanded it to seven games. So you expanded it even more. Now you're talking about load management. Why you're giving you guys more games? You know, maybe take that first round back down to five games. You know, like it yeah. used to be. Yeah. Um, you know, so kind of cut that, cut down things there that way. But, you know, it was, it's, it's, like, I guess, you know, it's kind of to wrap it up again, just about this, you know, reseeding and things like that. I think it could be interesting. I'm not fully on board with it yet. I guess I kind of see it, you know, how it plays out, but yeah. I understand it, that they want the two best teams playing in the actual for playing for the actual championship, not just playing in the conference finals. Cause you know, with, with the West loaded as it is with all the big superstars are in the West chances yeah. are the two best teams are going to be coming from the West in conference. Spread the wealth. Yep, exactly. Let's move it along a little bit. We're going to go into some college football uh, action here. Going to recap this past week, week 13 of uh, the games. Obviously, the biggest game of the weekend was Ohio State and Penn State. Of course, as we know, unfortunately, Ohio State came out with that dub over uh, the Nittany Lions at home at the Horseshoe. Man, Ohio State just looks for real. I mean, oh, Penn State, they were kind of relaxed the days ago. They were getting they were getting back in the game, started to come back a little bit, but Ohio State just kind of, you know, took over. Um, you know, can we how, what can we say that we hasn't been said about about Chase Young? Uh, the probably the best player in the country for the for the Buckeyes on that defense, you know, just Man, he was getting after it. He he's just I feel like he's just a man amongst boys. 
He just could not be stopped. Um, you know, credit to the Buckeyes for this getting this victory at home. I mean, really, I mean, are, are, are is Ohio State really the best team in the country flat out? No, it's still LSU. I, I give it to OSU, and that was a great game that they played. Uh, Chase Young, two sacks, two forced fumbles. Probably will be one of those Julius Peppers high draft picks, just as important as a quarterback, even though so many teams need a quarterback, obviously. But, you know, if they're not there, they're not there. You take Chase Young number one overall. Um, I mean, they played outstanding. J.K. Dobbins, you know, 157-2. and two. That's, that's just ridiculous. Uh, you know, Fields. 16 to 22, 188 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, when you're getting almost 160 yards on the ground, you don't have to do a lot through the air. But the fact that he contributed two and his KJ Hill touchdown was absolutely dirty. Mm. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think OSU is the best team in the nation. I think it's still LSU. You think it's still LSU? Interesting. You know, um, I mean, yeah. Just before we kind of get into the rankings, man. Yeah, like you said, you know, dude, Fields is a dominant. Dobbins off the charts. You know, like I said, Chase Young, but. Uh, I've, you know, after watching this game, and I've seen LSU, the LSU's defense is, uh, you know, yeah. it's 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 well, you know, but they're really kind of being led by Joe Burrow in that offense. Yeah. But man, if you have a guy like Chase Young on your team, you know, like like you said, three sacks, nine total tackles, man, I think you know, as he, they, this guy's a game changer, especially for that defense. And Fields can really stretch the field, and and he can run the ball too. I, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to disagree here and say that Ohio state is the best team in the country. Um, I, obviously we have a long way to go for the, until, you know, well, well, a few weeks ago, you know, yeah. until the, the regular season to be over, but, um, a long way to go for the playoffs to start. They'll probably be in the playoffs, of course, but, um, I really do feel that Ohio state right now is the best team in college football. Looking at another game uh, from this past weekend, a stunner um, in the desert. Arizona State upset number six, Oregon. Man, I don't think anyone predicted this one here. Um, I think Oregon's chances are pretty much done at this point, you know, at um, winning the or making the playoff now. Um, I don't think they have a shot at it. Now, I think this does, though open up a window for some possible other teams to get in. Possibly you could possibly have two SEC teams or maybe now the Big 12 champion can get in because a lot of folks were saying that the Big 12 didn't have a chance at making the playoff. You yeah. know? Um, so, I mean, really your thoughts on, you know, on the on, quickly on the game if you have a thought on that. And then what does it really – how does it change that dynamic of, of the po- potential playoffs coming up? Uh, so, yeah, Arizona State definitely shocked uh, uh, Oregon. Um, Frank Darby, that, that kid is dirty. Four for 125 and two touchdowns. Uh, I wonder if Herbert was shaving points. I mean, 20 for 36, 304, two touchdowns, two interceptions. One of his interceptions was just <laughs> terrible. I don't know if it left his hand wrong. He threw it right to the guy. And I thought at the college level, they're not just going to throw the ball to the defender. Uh, <laughs> can two SEC teams make the playoffs? I fully expect two SEC teams to make the playoffs in Alabama and LSU. Uh, and uh, now all of this is contingent on Bama beating Auburn. But... All Bama has to do is win and wait because LSU is going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, knocking them out of the the, uh, the top four and allowing uh, Alabama back in. The same thing the schedule makers did for Clemson, ranking Clemson outside at number five, waiting for there to be a loss and then slowly moving them in the week, uh, uh, excuse me, the week before Alabama played LSU. Right, right, right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, 
Dude, I think it is quite possible. Now, the new rankings came out. Came out. Ohio State jumped to number one over LSU with that victory over Penn State. Uh, so LSU is back at, down to number two. Clemson stayed at three. Georgia remained at four. Bama, five, of course. Utah jumped up to six and Oklahoma at seven. So, you know, quite frankly, we all know we all know the committee loves Alabama like they, they do every single year. So I don't think it's too far-fetched. As you mentioned before, quickly, you know, Alabama will be playing uh, number 15 Auburn this weekend. Um, in the in the Iron Bowl, I think Alabama has a very good shot. Of course, if they don't win this game, they're done. Of course, but we all know that. But however, if they do win this game, it, it is not a far gone conclusion that you will see two SEC te- teams in the college football playoff. Yeah. Um, another big game, of course, is Ohio State and Michigan, the the old the old, old rivalry. Of course, now to me, this is a must win for Michigan. Now, even if Ohio State loses, they're still going to the Big Ten Big Ten championship. So it's not really a worry. They can lose this to me. If Ohio State can lose this game and still and win the big title, they're still in the playoff. So Ohio yeah. State really has nothing to lose. Michigan has everything to gain. As as furthermore, Jim Harbaugh has everything to gain. He is 0 for 4 in his career against Ohio State. The reason why you were hired to come to Michigan is to beat Ohio State. Not just go to the playoff win championship, is to number one beat Ohio State. And if you can't get it done in five years, man, I think I think the AD and that school, they're going to look at him real, you know, quite question his, uh, you know, his tenure in Michigan could be over quite shortly. Your thoughts, Obed? So this is one of the things that I got to put, got to put my immigrant hat on. This is always, you know, kind of been, I don't know, I, get, I don't get it. Maybe I'll understand like somebody loving Sheffield or Southampton or Everton or Tottenham for their entire life and be like, those aren't really really big winning teams, but you love them so much. The juxtaposition of a coach doing well he was actually pretty pretty trash at the beginning of the season so they really definitely turned it around to be number 13 right now mm-hmm. um but you know beating ohio state i i, I get it it's important but he, if you can rattle off a championship which in today's uh, college football i don't think it's possible if you can't beat osu uh i don't know if being osu is like the number one priority that first you got to be relevant enough to be at Ohio State's level for what they've done and accomplished oh, over the last two oh, decades. Oh, dude, I mean, I, let me tell you right now. Michigan can go 6-6, six and six, but if they beat Ohio State, it's a good thing for them. I can tell you that right now. That, that is probably the best thing that they can do any given every given year. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just crazy that, to me. That's how big that rivalry is and how geared they, they – every single season, they – You'll gear up to that last game of the year. They know it's yeah. against Ohio State. That 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 uh, that hatred is there so much and embedded in everyone. And that's in those or no schools. That that's the game of the year. If you win no games the whole year long, but you win that game, yeah. <laughs> you're okay. Sorry. That's crazy. No, I mean I appreciate it. that's the perspective that I don't have because I'm just like I, what be go walk into the to the horseshoe as the top ranked team in the nation that's the that should be the focus because if you're just getting coaches to beat one team i don't think you're going anywhere and honestly if he wins this game finds a way to knock off the number one team in the nation uh you know i feel like this individual could be looking at two years uh of respect off of this right because then the next year he'd be like oh damn you know we got him last year we just got to get back at the winning ways and then he'll get another opportunity after that before they can him Right, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it, that very well is possible too. I mean, yeah, but I think that if he wins, he certainly saves his job. If he doesn't win, I think it's going to be a, you know, a big question for him. I guess. And then the other game I was going to look at was Wisconsin at Minnesota. Um, the Badgers are ranked number twelve. When Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, excuse me, is ranked number eight. Now again, they moved up, of course, with that Penn State loss. Um, the winner of this game goes to the Big Ten Championship. 
I'm going to go Wisconsin. Um, I just think the old run, the running the ball, Jonathan Taylor is a dynamic running back. I don't think Minnesota it really is that deep. Um, I just think you know they've had a you know a good run, you know kind of the weaker schedule. Um, so I I'm going to go I'm going to go Wisconsin in this one until I know be Wisconsin versus Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. Well, not some of the biggest names. I did like Minnesota's schedule. I, you know, I've said before that they, I felt like they could, on a, on their best day, they could probably knock off Clemson this year because I think Wisconsin, Minnesota has been a lot more battle-tested with, like, tough teams, close wins, having it gutted out, beating Penn State. You know, they, they've put together, but then subsequently losing, excuse me, to Iowa, which is another tough team, hard to play at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've really liked... Uh, Tanner, what is this? The Tanner, the, the Morgan, quarterback. Tanner, yeah, Tanner, Tanner, Tanner Morgan. Morgan. Tanner Morgan. I mean, you know, in his when they beat PSU, is eighteen of 20, 339 and three. Uh, when they lost to Iowa, twenty five of thirty six, three sixty eight and one. Uh, they won against Northwestern. He didn't really have to do much. Fifteen of twenty three, two eleven, four and one. Um, you know, he's, I think he's a big part of what they do and what they're capable of. I like Minnesota in this game. Uh, and maybe there's a chance for them to sneak into the playoffs if both Auburn and Ohio state lose. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'd highly doubt that. And Clemson's you know, not at all. Yeah. Well, we know that. I mean, Minnesota, I will say they have two stud wide receivers, one Rashad Bateman, um, and, and Tyler Johnson, both of which are over a thousand yards receiving on the season, um, and, and 10 touchdowns apiece. Um, so I think Rashad Bateman is probably, if not a first or second round draft pick, uh, to be honest. So, but like I said, to you, on, on the other side of Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor, over 1600 yards and 18 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, he is a heck of a running back, probably one of the best in the country. So that's why, you know, just, and you have to be able to run the football. Um, you know, even though Minnesota's ranked higher, I'm going to go Wisconsin in this one. So it sounds like to me, you're going Minnesota in this one real yep. better, right? Minnesota. Minnesota. All right, we'll see what happens there. Let's move on. Let's keep it going, Obey. We're going to get into the professional ranks here. Talk about about football. And, man, you know, there's something I actually wanted to bring up last week. We didn't get to it. Um, your boy Colin Kaepernick. There was this whole thing going on about he wanted to work. He was going to work out for some, for, for some teams. So he had it all set up to be set up. There was about 25 teams that were going to go see him. Last minute, he decided, you know what? Pause. I'm going to switch this up and I'm going to move it to a different venue. And only eight of the expected 25 teams showed up because he moved it like a few hours away. It wasn't like it was like, yo, turn, make a right at the light and you're right there. No, this is like, yo, you have to give somebody map quest directions, print them out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jesus. And find your way, find your way over there. So it was a whole issue with him, him and his uh, representatives and his attorneys and things like that. Didn't like the waiver that the league had provided to him. A waiver the waiver basically was saying that you know in no way if you get hurt you're basically on your own in no way or shape or form this is a, a you're going to get a job out of this basically you know basic nonsense like that which is a standard waiver they provide to anyone and everyone they didn't like it they switched up they made it their own waiver and submitted it and got approved and they, and they switched the venue so i'm not really sure what to think of this situation whether i don't know if this was just a pr stunt or he had a real issue with the waiver and slash the league and does he even still really want to play football? Because if he really wanted to play football, why doesn't he go play in, in the CFL? Why doesn't he go play in the AFL? Ooh, who actually, well, AFL, we're in a football league. I think they just filed for bankruptcy recently. <laughs> so, but I mean, Nobody I mean, called Vince McMahon. <laughs> you know, hell, play in the XFL. There's plenty of places that he can be playing football. Now, granted, he's an elite athlete. He's you know one of the top players in the country. He should be. He should be in the. He should be in the league. We all know that. He's being. He's yeah. being blackballed. I think we all know that. 
But, however, Colin, if you wanted to get this done, just show up and do the workout. Now, there's been no interest since then by any teams for him. Now, he should be getting interest. Don't get me wrong, dude. There's been plenty of places he could be playing right now. He could be in Cincinnati. He could be in Miami. He could be in Pittsburgh. You know, okay? But, I mean, quickly, Obet, your thoughts on, you know, what really was – what are your thinking about this whole thing? Do you think it was just a PR gig? And, you know, uh, is it, was, it, was it for real? Does he actually want to play ball again? I think he actually wants to play ball again, but it was absolutely a PR stunt, right? First you get uh, him to f- uh, settle the grievance. Right. We, we cover that base of it on that legality side. Mm-hmm. Then there's the uh, the PR, the outward facing like, oh, well, we won't commit. We won't allow him to have a workout with anyone. We've shut down workouts because we don't want him playing for anyone. <clears throat> it doesn't happen until they say it happens. You know, this was going to be a closed door workout that, you know, I don't. I can understand why he was like, no, I want I want the people to see me in this workout. I want everybody to be aware of what I can actually do because then they can't control the narrative if it comes back and they say, oh, well, he just didn't have it anymore, right? How do we know? We never saw the videotape. It was mm-hmm. either destroyed or gotten rid of, you know, um, and we are just left to, with, hey, you had your workout. We all saw you. Nobody liked what they saw. Goodbye, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you really think that's what it is? They just didn't like what they saw? No, I just think that they wanted to control the narrative. I agree with him on that part. I think they wanted to control what what came out of this, how it sounded, right? For whoever was there, those individuals are privy to see what it actually is. If they go back and make a decision, fine. But I, I don't think he was going to get a job out of this. Um, if they hadn't hired him with some of the poor quarterback play and some of the I, – I, I don't have the time to. I cannot prioritize it. But I should make a list of all of the backup quarterbacks that were called off of couches before people called for Colin Kaepernick, who did mm-hmm. – beat the Packers in Lambeau, and played in the Super Bowl. No reason he shouldn't have a job. Yeah. One, one point specifically, uh, the backup in Kansas City, Matt Moore, who went, who came in when, when uh, um, Patrick Mahomes went you know, that down. He, they, signed him, yeah. he, they signed him up, really. The dude was chilling, on, chilling at home. He was actually coaching, I believe, coaching high school football. <laughs> Called him up and got a job. But are you telling me, Colin, a guy who took a team to the Super Bowl a few years back cannot get, even get on a roster? Even as a third string? Donald Glover said it best. This is America. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moving along. Let's get uh, quickly. I know we talked about the Steelers-Browns brawl from, a, um, from last week um, or a couple weeks ago. Quickly, just, you know, want to just recap that once again. Miles Garrett, he had a suspension upheld. He will be can continue to be suspended for the rest of the year, and they're going to look at it, you know, possibly for next season. What is it? They'll determine that. Um, Steelers' uh, Marquise Pouncey got his, his suspension reduced from three games to two games. Uh, quarterback Mason Rudolph got a $50,000 fine. Do you think the league got it right, Obed? Absolutely not. Mason Rudolph's fine came from his team. The league didn't even decide to do anything to him. Um, they absolutely protected their quarter, the quarterback in this situation, who was the transgressor for everything that occurred. All right, fine. Miles Garrett shouldn't have pulled him to the ground. But you try to take Miles Garrett's helmet off. You are visually seen kicking him in the genital region with your boot. Uh, you're also then go and charge after him because he took pulled your helmet off. It, you should have let it go. Your offensive lineman was removing him from the scenario. Mm-hmm. At any rate, they, they got it completely wrong. When when has the league gotten these things right? <laughs> right. You know? you know, yeah, I mean, dude, there we all know the league is all about protecting the quarterback. But I feel like he should have he could have been suspended for one game. Easily, Absolutely. easily, you could have been suspended for one game, but we all know that they always want to protect the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are the wave of the future. They're, 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 they're the almighty. They can't do no wrong. 
they, they, you know, they have to be treated with respect. They have to be, you know, uh, uh, hit very gently. You know, you can't, you do it. You can't even look at a quarterback the wrong way these days without getting a penalty. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> it's Waiting not, for it's, the third pump so you can throw the flag. <laughs> right? Yeah, like Hingle McCringleberry style. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just crazy, dude. And speaking of, you know, losing a helmet as a weapon, I just want to get your thoughts and know whether that should even be, uh, you know, somebody who does that, should they even be allowed to play football? Because I wanted to cite, there was actually an occurrence where in college football a few years back in 2006, a game between FIU and Miami where it, it was an all-out brawl. Folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to you, Google this, go to YouTube, whatever it is, look it up. It's in FIU and Miami in 2006, a brawl on the field between the entire, entire both both teams entirely. It was a flat-out punches, kicks going out, and a, and a player came on from, from Miami, came wielding his helmet from the sideline and just wailing it on people. Now, obviously, there was just a little bit, there was a one, Giles got was one little swing, a quick swing, I get it. But still, so, if a player uses their helmet as a weapon, should they even be allowed to play again, Obed? Um, we need to set the standard for this not being allowed. We, and it's like we try to be understanding of temperatures, tempers flaring and all that stuff. Um, should they be allowed back on the field again? I feel like Vontez Perfect was able to get back on the field, and he might have never swung a helmet, but he definitely made some concussive hits on people. Uh, I think you you make it the standard. This is not acceptable, and this will get you ejected from a game. This will get you suspended for a, for the rest of the season, and then you're going to have to prove that you deserve to be back in football again, but we can't just say, hey, they'll never play again, right? They played 20-some-odd years of their life dedicated to this game. I think they deserve at least some opportunity at uh, – at what's the term I want to use here? Repentance Red, for redemption or redemption, yeah. repentance for redemption for whatever they've done. Um, but it is inexcusable and it cannot happen. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I'm um, moving along to get into a couple recap, a couple games from the league this past week, man, the Patriots came out with a close one over the Cowboys, Dude, it was kind of a sloppy game in Foxborough. You know, the rain was coming down, the wind was going. You know, but man, the Cowboys are looking rough. You know, do the do the Cowboys have a chance to turn their season around, Obed? Um, that's a tough question. Um, you know they don't have the best schedule for it. When you look at it, they've got a couple of uh, a couple of good games that they're gonna have to play. This Thanksgiving Day game against Buffalo, I don't think is gonna be a cakewalk for them. They generally do bounce back at home, play very well at home. But you know they're they're on the hot seat, especially with the comments that Jerry Jones made after the game, after the loss of the Patriots. Uh, you know they just did. They looked very bushly out there. Amari Cooper trying to play for a contract. That that's not the kind of performance of uh, zero receptions you want to put out there. Um, and the only reception you did catch, you uh, let it bobble off the ground. Um, you know, I I, I want to say that the, Dallas is going to figure it out because they're still in contention for the division. The division will allow them to go into the playoffs. You would think that with all the stars they have, they would be able to pull it out. But yeah, man, there's it's there's we, hey, we got a problem, and it's not in Houston. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Dude, the Patriots' offense is definitely struggling as well, too. I mean, they came out with a victory, obviously, but, you know, they're still struggling there. But, man, you know, the Cowboys, I think this is a game that the Cowboys really, really needed. I mean, I think we both know that. You know, now they're, they're sitting at they're sitting at 6-5 and five right now. Um, but, you know, Patriots obviously are 10-1. and one. The only loss coming to Baltimore, which we'll touch on here in a second. Um, but the Cowboys, you know, this would have been a big staple win for them if they if they could pull this one out, especially in Foxborough. But yeah. couldn't really get anything going, you know, offensively. You know, Prescott, you know, a modest 19 for 33, 212 through the air. Ezekiel Elliott, 86 yards on the ground. You know, um, 
as you said, you know, Mari Cooper, no, no catches, man. You know, I guess it, it was, I think the conditions might've played a little part in it. You know, like I said, yeah. it was downpouring the entire game. Yeah. It was a very sloppy, sloppy game. So we, I don't, wasn't, we wasn't expecting that much of, of let's say of an offensive you know, powerhouse game, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. But uh, man, the Cowboys definitely got to turn it around real soon, real quick. And man, on the, on the other side, I mentioned Baltimore, Psh, Lamar action. Jackson does it again going off on showing out on Monday night football, throwing five TD passes against the, against the Rams, man. It, I got to say, he's to me, he's the front runner for MVP folks, you know, and Hey, you can ask, you can ask me, you can ask Mark Ingram because <laughs> he'll definitely tell you <laughs> big trust <laughs> all day. You know what I mean? So too. And, and just, I don't know if you saw the Raven safety, Earl Thomas just said, he's, he's saying the, the Ravens are, they're going to the Super Bowl. You know, do your your thoughts? Do you do you think this is a team that can go all the way? You know, I mean, I I think that the Baltimore Ravens can be uh, very. You have to be able to dominate on the line of scrimmage, and that's what they do in the run game. They will batter you. I mean, just watching Mark Ingram hit those holes, doing it for Alabama, rolling that tide everywhere he goes. Um, <clears throat> you know, some things that I didn't like. I didn't like seeing. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson in the game up by four or five scores, 35 points on the board and have him with designed runs. You know, you want to protect this guy. If you got to put him on the bench, you know, you got another, you got bigger plans in store than, uh, than this guy out here running around making plays. I mean, I, I just Super Bowl bound. I don't know if you're not hosting the AFC championship game. I think you're at a disadvantage. Um, he hasn't played his crispus on the road, but you know, all things considered, I, I, I'm, I'm not a hater. You can take that however you want before I say what I'm going to say that might paint me as a hater. But uh, you got to think he has beaten a lot of bad teams through the course of this season. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to be he's going to let us down against the 49ers. I expect him to fully go out there and play himself out into a play, great position because it is at home. Ravens after that, uh, excuse me, Bills after that, another big defense that he's got to go against. Jets, they've got that covered. Browns, they've got that covered. Steelers, they've got that covered. Uh, these two games will be the only tests that they get. And if they lose a game uh, in either of these two, they are not hosting the AFC Championship game. It's hard to play in New England in January, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I'll agree that, you know, most of their big, big wins are, you know, were against bad teams. You know, the majority of Jackson's touchdown passes have come against Miami have come against Cincinnati, you know, have come against the Rams, you know, where have though um, not great defensive. So I will give you that. But I think Lamar is for real. The Ravens are for real. The defense is playing well. You know, the past within what the past three games, they've given up a total of 26 points, you know, um, granted, you know, that gives it that, that does include the Bengals, but the Bengals outscored it. <laughs> Bengals outscored had, had the most points as, excuse me, had as many points as the Texans and Rams did combined against the Ravens defense. The Ravens early in the season have not played well against the AFC North. That is something that everyone's going to start picking up on and trying to figure out what did their team, what did their division mates do that gave them so many fits? Uh, you know, Texans have a bad secondary, one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. So them putting up 41 uh, and finally getting uh, uh, Mark Andrews back involved. You know, it's it's easy to see that they they've been out here and dominating. But, you know, hey, the Niners are a whole nother beast. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Let's move it along, Obed. We're going to get into our segment, You Right, You Mad, of course. And here I got a, one for you, in particularly, your Patriots. The Patriots will win the championship solely based on their defense. 
You mad. Um, and I say that because while the Patriots defense has been stifling of late all the way back to the Super Bowl where they gave up three points, that game was, what, 6-3 to three going into half, didn't actually come alive until the one touchdown that Sony Michelle scored in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and that was after a big play from a one-legged uh, Rob Gronkowski. If they cannot find some offense, they're not going to win based on the defense. Uh, the defense, every defense that we've seen from some of these big teams gets exposed except for the Ravens. The Ravens get on such a fast pace, and they have great corners in Jimmy Smith, uh, in Earl Thomas back at safety. Uh, you know, they they are just designed to be able to play with a lead very well. Um, so the Patriots are going to have to find points if they want to get it done. Yep, yep. And the last one here, and you right, you mad this week. And now that Andy Dalton is again the starter in Cincinnati, he will resign with the Bengals before next season. Oh. Sherman, you mad. I just they they put this man on the bench on his birthday. <laughs> this there is no way and, and didn't even give him an opportunity. Right. Just savagery. Not even give him a chance to go test the open market because they didn't want him to go anywhere. They wanted to wait up until right before he'd have an opportunity to see what his value was and then sat him on the bench and then went out there. And the only reason that A.J. Green has not come back is because he's not catching passes from Ryan Finley. I'm not going out there to get hurt with bad passes. So, hey, the fact that Andy Dalton's coming back, this could mean that A.J. Green is coming back. You know, those guys have been connected at the hip since they came in the league. I could see it working out that way. But no, no, he he's not going to resign with them. He, you might see him in, I don't know, Carolina next year, maybe even Tampa. Who knows? All right. All right. I like it. Now, let's get into the weekly picks for this uh, NFL week. I think we're going into what? What is it? Week 13 now. Uh, just quickly, quickly. I know. Right. It seems like it's dude. season is just flying by. It's crazy. Quickly. Always does. To- Quickly to recap week 12, I went 9-4, and bet you went 8-5. and five. Uh, I got another game up on you. I'm ahead now by seven games on the league. So, keep doing what I do, folks. Listen, I told you, if you want your picks, come see me. I got you, people. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> can't kill me ever. <laughs> he, he can't even take it. He's losing so bad, he can't even take it. He's speechless right now. America, I need you. I need you, America. I need your energy. I need your strength. I need your power. Let's get these picks in. <laughs> Vegas, I need you. <laughs> Let's look at first. Of course, as we know, Thanksgiving, of course, coming up, we're going to have a slew of Thanksgiving Day Thanksgiving Day games. Um, first up on the agenda, Chicago at Detroit. Going to go Chicago all the way here. Jeff Driscoll is probably going to be still at the helm for the Lions. They don't have a chance. That Chicago defense is legit. Hopefully, Mitchell Trubisky shows up, but I think Chicago will still win it. The sideline for Chicago looks so happy when Mitchell Trubisky was actually making passes last week. It was it's the saddest thing I've ever seen for a guy who's about to get paid. Um, so, yeah, we're going Chicago. Yep. Buffalo at Dallas again on Thanksgiving afternoon game. You know, I was originally going to go Dallas because it's in Dallas. But you know what? I told you I've said it before. No one circles the wagon quite like the Buffalo Bills. Let's go Bills. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going Dallas. They need a big bounce back. I think Jerry's done enough to fire them up. They're going to get back to their bed, bread and butter, you know, running hard, trying to make some plays. I, I imagine a bounce back from Ari Cooper. Dallas Dallas just can't lose this game. Buffalo's got one they can give up. So You're right. Dallas can't lose, but I think they will. <laughs> uh, the, and the nightcap on Thanksgiving New Orleans at Atlanta I'm going to say New Orleans comes out with a vengeance on this one because Atlanta got put that whooping on them a couple weeks ago in, yes. the, in the Superdome in, in New Orleans man I think New Orleans wins this one by at least at least by 20 
I, I would agree with you, and I need as much Alvin Kamara. I need the Super Camario this weekend. Let's go. <laughs> fantasy, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. All fantasy all day, baby. I got to get it in. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's move on to moving on to Cincinnati, where they are hosting the, uh, the Jets. Cincinnati's terrible. Even though with Andy Dalton coming back, I'm going to go Jets, who looked impressive in that win against Oakland last week. Uh, if Andy Dalton comes back and then they say that A.J. Green is a surprise active, I'm going to change my pick to the Cincinnati. But until then, it's the Jets. Yep. Um, Tennessee and Indianapolis. Now, I like what Tennessee's been doing, man. They've been, you know, Ryan Tannehill's been playing well. I'm going to go Titans in here. Yeah, just Indianapolis, I feel like they got robbed at the end of that Houston game because they didn't get a proper review on what looked like Deshaun Watson fumbling the ball. Whoever that defensive lineman is caused the second fumble of the game. Uh, and, and, you know, it not even being remotely reviewed. I think they, the refs let Houston rock, walk away from that one. But uh, I just, Indianapolis has got to get right. I think they're doing good things with, uh, Joe, what's his name, uh, Jonathan Williams of Buffalo Bloor. And nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Jonathan Williams is going to rush this ball for him, and they're going to bring back the W. All right. Philly at Miami. I think this is an easy one here. Go, go Eagles, go. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Yep. Uh, Green Bay at the New York Football Giants. Man, Green Bay coming off of that, that housing by the 49ers. They, they turn it around this week. Of course, you get the easy dub here in New York. I believe the Packers of Green Bay will beat the Giants of New York by picking, kicking a pigskin ball through a big H. <laughs> <laughs> Way to break it down te- technically for us a little bit. <laughs> From the Prince Hakeem himself. Uh, let's keep it rolling. We got Cleveland at Pittsburgh this weekend. Uh, I This is the revenge game, the rematch of the revenge say, game. the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, right. Coincidentally, with uh, Mason Rudolph on the bench, I don't know if they're hiding him because he's trash or because he can't fight. Uh, I'm actually going to go Pittsburgh in this one because they want their revenge. Even with a third-string quarterback, I have to go Cleveland. Cleveland's starting to turn things around. Got a couple victories in a row. I think Baker lights it up. They're, they, you know, they're going to they're gonna put on a show. It's going to be a hostile environment for sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Browns. I mean, just watch out for the home cook in America. I'm, I'm just like you know now. Uh, keeping it rolling, we got Washington to Carolina. Uh, you know, Washington actually played better of late, um, but that's because they played Jeff Driscoll in the Detroit Lions, so America don't be fooled. Uh, I've got Carolina in this one. Christian McCaffrey coming to put on a show. Yeah, Carolina all the way. Easy one here, folks. Yep, keep it going. Tampa Bay at Jacksonville. Looks like Tampa Bay is it for me. I, I just don't like what I've seen in Nick Foles. DJ Chark is the truth, uh, but Tampa Bay's got too many weapons firing off that I don't think Tampa Jacksonville is going to be able to slow them. Do you know Jameis Winston is one of the top five or even maybe top ten of quarterbacks in fantasy? He's putting up numbers, but he's putting up too many interceptions. I'm still going to go Tampa Bay. He, yeah. you know, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason for, for Jameis Winston and the Buccaneers, but uh, let's go Tampa Bay here. Yep. Uh, keeping it rolling, we got San Francisco at Baltimore. This is a big game here. I mean, you've got what would be considered the one of the best teams, if not the best team in football, San Francisco. Only one loss to the C- to the Seattle Seahawks. And Baltimore Ravens coming in at, at 9-2 and two right now. Um, it's going to be the battle of two run games. You know, I, I see San Francisco. What do you think, Sherman? Dude, this could be a – I think this is with a question that led Earl Thomas to make that Super Bowl prediction. This could be a possible preview for, for, the, for the chip this year. But, dude, I'm going to go Baltimore, man. Uh, I you know I I I was gonna go Santa Fran, in, but you know being that it's in Baltimore, that's yeah. why I'm going with Baltimore. If it was in San Francisco, I would actually pick San Francisco San Francisco on this one. But it's in Baltimore. I think Lamar's gonna Lamar's gonna show out once again. Go Ravens. 
All right. Uh, let's see the L.A. Rams at Arizona. Um, I mean, Arizona's got a good offense. They've got a good team. I think they're going to have Chase Edmonds back. And the one-two punch of Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake, read into that America. David Johnson is done. Uh, L.A. Rams are going to take this W. Dude, David Johnson fell off the face of the earth, dude. You know, Ooh. it's crazy. It's crazy. And, man, I think the Rams need to turn around something quick because I think people, folks have figured out Sean McVay. Um, but they need this victory more than anything. And so I'm going to go with Rams. Rams have no offensive line right now. I think they're going to have Havistine back uh, this week. But Andrew Whitworth fell off the map. They lost two guys in one game a couple weeks ago. They've just been in disarray. So, you know, you won't hear from their tight ends because they'll be blocking all game long. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, we've got the LA Chargers taking it to Mile High. Excuse me, taking it to Mile High Stadium. Denver's look good with Brandon Allen. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton is doing work. No offense, getting a great uh, target share. Uh, and they committed back to Philip Lindsay, who was a spark plug for them. Uh, that being said, I do like the Chargers. Philip Rivers never plays well there. Philip Rivers is almost detrimental to the success of a team. I just something about Denver. You know. I just, I don't know. I don't know if they, it's, it's tough to beat the Chargers defense. See, I hate these divisional games. <laughs> it seems like you want to go Denver, but you're picking the Chargers almost. I do want to go Denver. I just don't know, you know, and is Brandon Allen going to play? Are they going to put Drew Locke out there? If they put Drew Locke out there, they're going to lose. You yeah. know, I, I yeah. just, I, I have to, I'm going to go Denver. America, this might change. I'm going to go Denver. But okay. if they put the rookie out there who doesn't look as prepared as, as Brandon Allen does from what I saw in the preseason, Chargers are going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to go Denver for now as well, too. But on just on record, if they do switch over to the rookie QB, Drew Locke, then I, my pick will change to the Chargers. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Oakland at a KC. I got to go KC. They need it. They need it for, for sure. Um, Patrick Mahomes, hopefully he's at back to full strength. Get that offense rolling. And the defense, they're struggling, as we all know. It's, it's a very poor defense, to say the least. Um, they got to get this victory. Yeah. Uh, New England at Houston, you know. Well, your, your pick for KC Oakland. Oh, Casey Oakland, KC, Kansas City. You said it, you said it better than anything I could have said. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, New England at Houston. I, I'm going New England. Um, Houston is a seed. What a surprise, middle. folks. <laughs> hey, I mean, listen, listen. Birds of a feather flock together, and I like being the, the flying high uh, winner at the top here. Um, Peregrine Falcon, I don't know. One of the birds of prey. Uh, <laughs> so I, I can't – one, I can't. I can never bet on New England. But Houston has shown us so much – so much bad tape of how you beat them over the top, through the middle, right? If you can contain the quarterback, he's not as elusive and mobile as uh, uh, Lamar Jackson is. Um, there might be elements of his game to that, but that's not, he cannot take the kind of beatings he's been taking. Um, I, I like New England in this game. You know, I, I, Houston only has but so many weapons you need to worry about. Lord knows uh, Will Fuller might go out with a hamstring injury. You know, I should take New England, um, being, but you know, I kind of want to shoot down one of your birds in that flock, Obed. So <laughs> I'm going to go Houston just because I want to. That's literally, literally it. New England will probably end up winning this game, folks, but I'm, but I'm going to go on record by picking Houston just because. <laughs> <laughs> Elmer Fudd with the cannon right here. Yep. <laughs> and the last game on the agenda Monday night game, Minnesota at Seattle. Seattle is looking like one of the best teams in the league as well, too. You know, I think in, they're actually might be my pick to come out of the NFC, but. So I'm going to go Seattle here. Yeah, I mean, I hope Chris Carson can get his fumbling woes out of the way. Rashad Penny looked really good in spot duty. Uh, and then t even taking over the game, 100-plus yards, two touchdowns, I think. Um, he looked really, really good. They have a dynamic backfield. Uh, but in Minnesota coming off a bye, you don't want to bet against a team coming off a bye. But Seattle, again, like like you said, Sherman, looked like one of the teams to come out of the NF uh, NFC. Uh, I'm going Seattle. 
Yeah, you have you basically the other MVP quarterback and Russell Wilson leading the way here too. So you know, I think it's I think it's between him and Lamar for sure uh, the MVP yeah. candidacy. Yep. Well, folks, that's gonna do it for the picks this week. I think that's gonna do it for the show um, here on West Award Entertainment. Obed, appreciate you having you of by my side once again, of course. All um, every day. Any anything last words for the people as we gear up, you know, for this the holiday? Anything you're going to be especially thankful for, or anything just gonna shout out to the folks here on What's the Word Entertainment? I'm all uh, America. Uh, I'm always thankful every day for another day above ground. Uh, that is not to be taken lightly. We have to think about the individuals that aren't here to have that opportunity. Uh, let's continue to live on with them. Hey, share the love, right? Spread a little bit everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. You know, definitely, you know, we're going to be thankful for all the fans, uh, excuse me, for the friends and family that we all have. Um, you know, definitely looking forward to the three F's of, of Thanksgiving friends, family, food, well, four friends, four for our friends, friends, family, food, and football, of course. You know, by all means, going to enjoy the holiday, going to eat a whole bunch of food, going to probably pass out mid mid game um try not to pass up there in the buffalo game hopefully not and then <laughs> and then catch the nightcap as well uh but yep the folks that's going to do it for us this week here on what's the word entertainment don't forget to check us out on soundcloud.com slash what's the word entertainment and our twitter feed at the wwent for obed i'm sherm we'll catch you guys next time peace see ya